We had Ural Cali. We had Mazepin. It was rough shit. But now, Haas has Kevin Magnuson. And a good car for once. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Oh boy, made the prancing horse return with joy. Welcome to episode 348 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Drake Harrison. Good to be back with you. And, ah, friends of the show, Formula One is back. And this was interesting and good and enjoyable and different. Ah, it's it's, it's refreshing. It's 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 like the room got a new lick of paint. It's great. I love it. Um, we'll be talking all about the Bahrain Grand Prix over the next 45 minutes or so. A whole heap to make of uh, that. The field dynamically changing. You know, Merck's not being quite a superhuman. Underrated performances, overrated performances. A, a big old report coming out. Oh, boy. We've got a whole lot to get through here. So let's go around the horn real quick. First up, Ryan Eric King. Hello, sir. Hello. Glad to be here. <laughs> we have RJ O'Connell. I'm also glad to be here. Uh, I, I hate to say I, this is going to sound really fucked up, but maybe Vladimir Putin's war of aggression could be the best thing to happen to American motorsport on an international stage in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird vibe, but I, I do see where you're coming from. I, I get it. I get it. I do. And with, and with us again, Cam Buckley. Hello, sir. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> It's that type of intro today, folks. It's a good one. So like I said, we'll be talking Bahrain all over the next 45 minutes or so. A lot to break through, but uh, top of the, the top building, top of the order. Ferrari's back. Then they've won, And they had a 1-2. Um, alert the villagers. Sound the alarm. Um, this was not supposed to happen. Um, uh, Ferrari might be title favorites. Uh, when was the last time we said that? Um, uh... uh 2008, maybe? Uh, it's a wild one. We'll talk about that, their fight with Red Bull. We'll talk about the, the Brackley boys and how Mercedes, um, well, shall we say were ungood. We'll talk about who impressed us, who didn't impress us, and we'll talk a little bit about that FIA report as well. But before we get into all of that, places you can find us, we're quicker on YouTube com forward slash Motorsport 101. Check us out there for highlights of the show. We're on Facebook.com. Uh, forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. If you want to find out our personal handles, you can. Harrison 101HD at Ryan Eric King and RJ O'Connell and at CBuckley917. Um, we are on Instagram at Motorsport 101 Pod. Check us out there for all the updates on new content. Um, if you really, really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. All the details for that and much more on our website, Motorsport101.com. You can check us all out on there. Righty-ho. Should we get into Bahrain, folks? Let's get into the, the first race of the 2022 Formula 1 season and the Bahrain Grand Prix. Haas is back. Haas <laughs> is back, baby. It was, it was a long time coming, but Haas is back. No more Ural Cali. No more rich <laughs> energy. This is, a, this is the dawn of a new age. Oh, and Ferrari finished 1-2. And ended yeah. a 46 race winless drought. <laughs> the last time Ferrari won a race, Singapore 2019, 910 days ago. 
It's been a while, folks. Charles Leclerc pretty much in control of the entire race weekend. Carlos Sainz following him home for a 1-2 finish after both Red Bulls failed to finish spectacularly with uh, two seemingly fuel pump-related issues, possibly. We're not quite 100% sure, but not ideal, uh, both in the final seven laps of the race. Perez <laughs> dying on the final lap. All of that including two undercut attempts from Max and a very aggressive mid-race fight as well. A lot of fun stuff here. Gentlemen, what did you guys make of that fight for the win? Is this going to be our 2022 title fight going forward? Because if the form book's anything to go by, I think it very well could be. <laughs> forget your narcotics. Forget your lean. Forget your mug root beer. Today we are streaking straight up red lean. <laughs> Red lean is what we are drinking is because Ferrari decided to remember who they were. Now, look, it's a shame that after what was a very good sequence of multiple lead changes over consecutive laps between Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen, that Red Bull just crapped out right after the last restart. Because I mm. was interested to see if Charles Leclerc could have held off Max Verstappen if Verstappen was at full strength. But don't get it twisted. At least for this weekend, Ferrari is back, and Charles Leclerc had a damn perfect weekend. He was two laps away from, from grand slamming this whole mm. race because Carlos Sainz stayed out two laps longer than him on the first start. Uh, this is just what we wanted to see in the first race of the new F1. We'll get to that. And yeah, Ferrari remembered that they're the prestige brand of the sport, and now they're acting like it. I'm just not sure yet if I trust mm. them to make a deep run for the title. But for now, things are looking really, really good for Ferrari. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Ferrari are back for now. But yeah, they were composed. They were quick. They showed everything that we thought they were through preseason testing. Um, Charles put in a, a classic Charles Leclerc pole position lap. Um, something we haven't seen for quite a while, but boy, it came back with the, a thunder. He led away from pole, and other than the aforementioned couple of laps where signs overcut him on a pit stop, but it wasn't legitimate, he led the whole race over the line because he didn't lead every meter of the race. Max Verstappen threw everything, including the kitchen sink, at him. Couldn't quite live with the Ferrari's pace um, once he had a lockup, fell out of DRS range. Red Bull are, in fact, still here, still fighting for wins, despite the screaming all throughout last year that they were sacrificing 2022 to get a title in 2021. And then they weren't here. Um, <laughs> not great strategically. I think they were a little under-aggressive, which is odd to say for Red Bull. Yeah. Um, Max suffered a bent track rod on the final pit stop, which was always going to confine him to P2. And then undisclosed fuel system issues killed both of the cars right in the final stages of the race. They were going to leave here with second and fourth. They leave here with uh, jack shit. They Zero leave. points. They leave 10th in the World Constructors Championship on countback. Yeah, last on count back, despite their form all the way through the weekend. 
um, and legitimate questions over the reliability going forward, given that we are racing again this weekend. Mm. But at least they weren't the boys in silver. More on that shortly. I mean, King, what did you make of it all? Yeah, not much to expand on, but yeah, Ferrari are re- well and truly back at the front and it is it feels weird it looks weird but they acted like it was completely normal just like <laughs> when, looks like when was the last time ferrari opened the season with the number one car on the field like maybe 2017 2017 i would say yeah. um well, given fair. what vettel displayed in that race 20 2018 vettel might have won the first race but that was not on pace did he win no, no. I mean, look, I can't believe it's weird to say as a modern day F1 fan that it's actually quite refreshing to see Ferrari back up at the front. Like, love them or hate them, they're a team you care about because it's Ferrari and they are always interested. I mean, I joked about it on the season preview where I said, well, how does Ferrari fuck this one up? And they just didn't. They were flawless. They were, they were absolutely Perfect. So they per- left this weekend with maximum points. First, yeah, second, 44. and fastest lap. 44. A perfect haul. To, um, Hashtag blessed. Even, yeah, if, uh, ironically. Um, yeah, this, they were perfect. Like, Leclerc, like, again, I think he's always been an underrated qualifier. He was excellent in qualifying, you know, beat Max by a nose. And just some of the little things in race golf. You may have probably seen the clip go semi-viral of Leclerc's helmet cam as he's fighting Max. But that little race moment where he deliberately holds off into seventh gear, saves battery, lets Max take the big send into turn one, and then having Charles come back and counter into four. It's like when Hamilton intentionally eased off through Rouge when he was fighting Vettel a few years ago at Spa. It's it's, it's awesome. Like, you like, I think because Ferrari has struggled, I think a lot of people have forgotten just how good a racing driver Charles Leclerc is at times. Um, He is a monster talent, and that was, I think, his best weekend in Formula 1. That was... He was inch perfect. He did not... There's a reason why they called him up in his second year in the sport to Ferrari, and there's a a reason why they gave him the long-term deal. And you know what? Fair play to Carlos Sainz, who is about to secure the bag. Which, mm. at the start of Carlos Sainz at Ferrari, would you have ever guessed that he'd be getting a long-term extension too? No, like we we all kind of cynically looked at the Mick Schumacher painted elephant in the room and thought, "Well, you're a nice stopgap, Carlos. We think you're good and all that, but it's like you know, it's a Schumacher and he's nice." And, all that know. happened, and then and then Sainz, um, you know, irrespective of circumstance. Did outpoint Charles last year. Mm. So going forward, I mean, if you want a really strong team who's going to bring you home, the maximum of whatever car they give them has to give. Why wouldn't you resign these two to long term deals? Yeah, yeah. Look, look, Carlos Sainz has been has been so good the last season that he's given Ferrari no choice. They 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 have to yeah. tie him down. He's he's just been that good. How can you have a guy outpoint Charles Leclerc last year and then not give him an extension? That's nonsense. You've got you've you've got you've got to give him the points. I mean, I mean, yeah, they've got a hell of a team. You know, it's actually probably quite convenient that Carlos was just a shade behind Charles for the race. They didn't have any 
made me awkward in team fighting. There was the, the, them being the bread in a Verstappen sandwich was probably quite useful here, um, especially when Max drops out and next thing you know they're one and two. But yeah, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's probably will be our fight because we'll get to Merckx very shortly. But if, if this is if this is the fight, Red Bull's already forty four points down, and that is a yeah. hefty gap. That is that is going to take some work to recover. So that's a huge opening salvo for Ferrari if this is going to be our fight for the Constructors' Championship. Um, at least a dozen points dropped because, I mean, Red Bull were on for second and fourth. But, yeah, that's uh, that's an awful, catastrophic double failure for Red Bull in that sense. So, shall we shuffle a little bit down the grid? Now, after all of those Red Bull-related double DNFs, this bumped the two Mercedes drivers, Lewis Hamilton and George Russell, into third and fourth, respectively. Um, Hamilton celebrating third. Well, the other end of the Mercedes-powered scale, I think I'm right in saying, fellas, all of the last six cars over the line were Mercedes-powered? Yes, yep. the last yep. six cars running were Mercedes-powered. Oh, and boy. irrespective of... And there are multiple factors to it, and we'll get to them. But the W13 itself, um, oh boy, Hamilton was having to put in a shift to pass other cars in a straight line. Yeah, it, it was hard work. So with all that in mind, fellas, and now we've seen it in action for real, and we've seen how it is comparative to the field, and we've made our jokes about uh, the Merck's camp, you know, slow roll in their hand. Just how big are the problems for this Brackley factory? Um. Well, in uh, in the scientific terms, Mercedes were ass this weekend. <laughs> um, yeah. Th- because we judge Mercedes on bluffing all the way through preseason testing and just coming out and breaking out the belt on the field. Mm. They weren't bluffing this time. Um, they were out to lunch with a unruly, bouncing, skating car. And until about midway through the race, a George Russell who was responding to set unruly car by overdriving it when really Lewis found to just kind of drive within the limits of the car and they were okay. I can't believe this as I say it. The only reason Mercedes got a podium was because of Red Bull's catastrophic double DNF. Mm. They were nowhere in the race. I think I'm they right bounced in saying. and skated mm-hmm. and locked up nearly a second off the pace throughout the whole race. Lewis mm-hmm. put in a phenomenal lap to be seven tenths off of pole. And in the whole hybrid era, I cannot remember Mercedes being just unable to even give the podium places a fight on on speed. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think I'm right in saying. When Pierre Gasly's car caught fire with, I think it was 11 to go, when the safety car came out, I'm pretty sure Hamilton was 30 seconds off Leclerc's leading car. And I think Russell was even further back than that. I think it was a good five or six seconds behind him. Um, That works out to me at about half a second a lap. I reckon the deficit's around at least half a second. Is what we're probably talking at, here. at least half a second. Yeah. And um, the, in, in 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 this sport, mm. half a second is catastrophic. That is for a team that was 
debatably number one last year, pound for pound. I mean, it was a bit of an erratic 2021 when you're comparing them to Red Bull. Mm-hmm. But, you know, from around first to now be a clear number three relative to the field, something has gone catastrophically wrong for Mercedes here. And even from a performance standpoint, from a fan and from an entertainment standpoint here, you know how wild it is when Mercedes' social media team, the only thing they can post statistically about the weekend is celebrating Hamilton's 183rd podium finish? We do not evaluate Lewis Hamilton in the context of podium finishes. We evaluate them in the context of winning races and championships. And they're jumping up and down over third. Third! The eight-time reigning Constructors' champions were out here taking third as a fantastic result. I was going to say, they would have bit your arm off for a podium going into this weekend. Yeah. this the, the, King, I'm not the only one thinking it. This just hits different, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really hits real different. The, the struggle is, in fact, real. Mercedes yeah. knows that this ain't ending next week. This ain't ending the week after. This ain't ending next month. This is long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because and we've had all kinds of conjecture as to what is actually going on with this car, which just looks wise, looks the business, mm. but it just isn't working out on track. They had to carry a gigantic rear wing to get any kind of control over the rear axle, and that blunted them in a straight line, along with uh, actually, you know, the constant slamming into the ground is going to drag you both aerodynamically and you're actually dragging along the ground yeah yeah um they according to james allison they have solutions they think they can fix this within two to three races the worry for me with mercedes is that they brought a floor to try and correct this this weekend it actually made it worse yeah and they had to revert to the old floor if Mm. it is something more fundamental and this takes them Oh, I don't know, seven, eight races to fix. How far ahead do Ferrari and Red Bull plow forward with adding genuine performance to their cars, especially with us knowing that the Red Bull is competing relatively overweight relative to the Ferrari and the Mercedes right now? Mm, mm. Like, if they haven't got this fixed by Catalonia, they're in serious trouble. Like, I don't think they're getting a fix that soon. Right, like, like, because you, you like, honestly, I'd argue it would look worse for Mercs if they magically found a fix, and that uh, that was worth half a second in that short space of time, because that's what I reckon the deficit is roughly is, and you don't just find half a second overnight in this sport. Like, there is something fundamentally wrong with this car, like, and and it looks like it might have carried on down the grid as well um which we'll get to in a minute but like it mercs might go winless this year could you imagine i'm i am gonna stop you i'm gonna stop you right that's not gonna happen because this (laughs) is mercedes benz Mm. formula one team they figure it out mercedes amg formula one team it's like they I, I'm holding out hope that they will resolve the problem. The big question is when. I They definitely will get wins later on in the season. How late? Don't know how late. 
uh, or whether it will be relevant to the championship or not. Oh, I, was yeah, say, yeah. I would be astounded if Mercedes went winless this year. That would be that, that would be someone is get is someone's position is seriously within at risk within the team. You know, you know it's, uh, it's what it's the Wednesday after the Bahrain Grand Prix, right? Yeah, is when we're recording this. You know, I think they're just sandbagging and they've got six more seconds in the car and they're going to rock up and qualifying and win as once. No, no, this is this is uh, they're they're in trouble. There, there's a fast car here. I mean, they're clearly faring better than anyone else with the Mercedes AMG power unit, but yeah, they don't make improvements and calibrate this car to where it should be. Uh, you can forget the, title number nine. Is, is I don't think it's set up. And I don't think it's it's something they can. Well, just they gotta fit switch. something because otherwise, <laughs> that's constructor's title number nine out the window. Yeah, exactly. I think it is something a little more fundamental, something that they probably can change. But I don't think it's just going to be a, a switch that they flip and suddenly they run the field over. Because even if they do uh, fix the problem with the car, it's still a relatively sizable gap to the teams ahead of them, and we know. As I mentioned, Red Bull's got about 10 kilograms worth of weight to cut out of the car. Mm. If they can do that and maintain some reliability, because right now they have no reliability, that's free lap Literally. time. Yeah. Lots of breakdown in that Brackley camp. A lot of issues going on there. Kinds of set, kind of sets the tone for the next question, and it's our... Round one vibe check time for the last time this season because they're the last champion really to get started. Um, so we're going to go up and down here. Who impressed you? Who didn't in this first round in Bahrain? RJ, I'll let you go first. I, I got I got two uh, stars of the weekend. First and foremost, mm. Kevin Magnuson. Oh, baby. With the Viking, with the fucking Viking comeback <laughs> of the decade. Up. Let's let's not forget this man was out of Formula One with no prospect of coming back. Mm. Then Russia wages a war of aggression on Ukraine. Nikita Mazepin and his father are sectioned. Haas needs to sign somebody, anybody to fill that seat. They get Kevin Magnuson, who didn't necessarily leave the team on the best of terms by the end of 2020. But he was no. very grateful to get another chance. And, I mean, what can you say other than he got Haas back into Q3 and he finished fifth. He got there their first points. <laughs> he got them their fifth first on points. Honest and, to God merit. Fifth mm. on honest to God merit. Qualified seventh. Uh, ahead of George Russell in the Mercedes. Big golf. On one, he jumped Lewis. He was within 15. And a nosebleed. He was within 15 seconds of the win. I want to say, I want to say going back that that is the best finish that Haas have had since. Oh my God, it's their best finish since finishing fourth and fifth in Austria 2018. Yeah. Before Rich Energy, before oh. Euro Cali, before they take all of 2021. <laughs> oh my God. I just love this. For them, mm, mm. no, like hard, hard not to argue. He wasn't star of the weekend, uh, as far as I'm concerned. On that one, he was, he was awesome when, when that was concerned. Um, I want to give a mention to Jaguar Yu. He was like 
the, the, the best thing you can ever say about a rookie for me is that they don't look like a rookie. And they've mm. been they look, like they act like they've been here before, and he acted like he's been here before. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, kept his nose clean, passed some cars on track. You know, had a good scrap up. with Lewis Hamilton. He did legitimately a good scrap with Lewis. <laughs> yeah, he did. It was fun. You know, got on camera, got his airtime, kept his nose clean. Didn't really have any major mistakes across the entire weekend. Um, was solid, and then yeah, you know, took advantage of a couple of DNFs in front of him. Tenth on debut, he we said in our season preview, his goal for the whole year was to score his first championship point. He did it on debut. Good, and, and you yeah, can sit out the rest much. of the season, bud. You did. Yep. Yeah. Good. Good job, no, buddy. No, keep I doing mean, it. Keep scoring points. Yeah. Because and, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to this point. Like, I, I think people were. Desperate to underrate this dude, and it wasn't just because he spent three years in Formula One and never won mm. the big one. Uh, yeah, there were. Um, look, he he showed me enough in F two for me to know that if he cuts out some of the wheel to wheel mistakes, he's a fine driver, and yeah. he yeah. was solid wheel to wheel. Yeah, great race base and. Mm. Points in your first race are never a bad thing when you consider you're racing for Alfa Romeo. Yeah, no get kidding. my nod because they looked completely lost in testing. They had one right. of the worst first tests I can remember. A little better in the Bahrain test. Here, uh, oh, what, Valtteri Bottas split the Mercedes in qualifying. He was on the same <laughs> row as Lewis. <laughs> you again! <laughs> oh, Terry Botas stretching out that Q3 record. I, 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 I love again. the fact. I love the story. I killed that, you in Vorkuta. <laughs> I love the story of the, the fact that he finished qualifying, went to the back, got his phone, and immediately texted his old boss, Toto Wolf, saying, Hey, I might race your boys tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I love this man. Valtteri, <laughs> it's James, this motherfucker. <laughs> Magnificent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you got it right, Cameron. Alfa Romeo, like, gremlins aside, they've got something here. Like, this car is solid. I can't believe it. We were we were willing to write off this team as potentially being worse than Williams going in the season, and now they're oh, like, they're looking... we'll get to them soon. Yeah, let's Ooh. get to them. And while we while we get to that. Because it's going to lead in that, but I'm going to double dip and let's keep the East Asian, Southeast Asian driving appreciation hype train rolling. Give the nod out, Sandra Albon, in his mm. first race back at Williams. Um, get, putting the car into Q2, finishing ahead of both the McLarens. He had no say, right. He had no right to put that thing in Q2. Yeah, not drove fantastically. It looked like. This is what George Russell's been doing the last couple of years at Williams, and that's exactly what they need right now. I really think that this is the best drive that we've seen out of Alex Albon. It's at least the best since the first half a season he had at Toro Rosso. This is the best I've seen him in F1. Could uh, very well be. Could very well yeah. be. I mean, let's, also, let's, uh, also, let's, hang on, hang on. Hang on, take one yeah. second. King, I wanted you to mention your point as well because I think it's definitely one worth mentioning. 
Yes, because I have put down here. Uh, I was most impressed by Ross Braun last weekend because, yeah, when he took up that position at Formula One as managing director of motorsports, it's pretty. It was pretty much his job to oversee Formula One as a competition going forward. And this was his pet project, the 2022 regulations. And for the most part, they worked. Uh, yeah. yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't impossible to get into DRS range anymore. I was gonna say the the dirty air gap last year was second and a half on a good day, two seconds on most days. At some days, it would like you would start getting understeer three seconds back from someone else. It was just silly. This year, at least at Bahrain, which is typically pretty good for wheel to wheel racing, yeah. The dirty air gap looked something more like seven, eight tenths. You could drive into DRS range and stay there if you had the pace. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, big, big improvement where that's concerned. Um, so look, uh, if if the improvement race one is noticeable, as far as I'm concerned, you've ticked the box. So you know, yeah, I well said done, miles Ross better Brown. than last year. Yeah, m- way better, way better. So well done, Rossborn, and well done regulations department because it looks like you you've got something here definitely they're onto something flip side of the coin for me i mean we all kind of shared the same sentiment here really didn't we the back six before we get it but Mm. let me let me just say that there will be better weekends for mick schumacher now that he has Mm. a good car for once uh kevin magnuson's proof of concept this is not one of those weekends. You know, he got 360 spun around by Esteban Ocon in the opening lap. He seems to struggle after that. Uh, he doesn't have a 70-kilogram sack of worthless rubles doing dick all on the other side of the garage. <laughs> um, but, and, yeah, I, I'm not giving up on Mick Schumacher yet. It just wasn't his best weekend. And, and that's fine. You know, I, I I wanted to point that out because, um, well, King, on the point about Mercedes, AMG, uh, power unit customers. Yeah. Uh, damn. <laughs> Both McLaren. <laughs> like, yeah, we can leave it at the damn. <laughs> I wasn't expecting much from Williams. I was expecting them to be where they are. But mm. McLaren and Aston Martin talked a big game coming into this year. <laughs> you copied the Mercedes-Benz in 2019 <laughs> so you could focus on these rules. Then you didn't upgrade your car last year so you could focus <laughs> on these rules. Aston Martin, what the hell? <laughs> like, as, as official spokesperson for Sebastian Vettel, um, retire, bro. You, you don't have yeah, to yeah, do this yeah, anymore. No. <laughs> Take a red pen, start coloring in those COVID tests. No, no like, like we, we, we've barely even mentioned that Vettel missed this entire Grand Prix due to a positive COVID test on Thursday morning. But Jesus, um, like, get well soon, Seb, first and foremost. Yeah, no, no uh, thankfully, it seems to be doing all right. Just good to hear. for a negative test to come back. Yeah, it's uh, like he might be st- he's touching go for Saudi Arabia. We'll have to see. He's but, touching go. Look at that thing. Don't come back. It's <laughs> yeah, for like, your own good, Seb. I was going to say, like, unfortunately, he's touch and go for Saudi Arabia. Like, Seb, you don't have to do this anymore. Like, this this this, this team is a goose egg. Um, like, well, what else oh, are they going to do? You you've got it. First and foremost, Lance Stroll, what are you doing getting out qualified by Nico Hulkenberg? 
That man that hasn't was... driven a car in over a half. All right, I'm the local. I I am M101's lone defender against the horde of Hulkenberg haters. That was embarrassing <laughs> for Lance Stroll. That was yeah. That was that was not great, Lance. Lance, you could be good when when you just want. Just try. Just try. And, and I know I you're rate, better than this. Apply yourself, Bummy. Genuinely, I rate Lance higher than I think a lot of people do, but this weekend was bad. But not as bad as, um, well, as far as expectations as things were for another team. Um, King, you can bleep this entire sex, this entire section of the show out. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> McLaren. I mean, fuck. I mean, holy goddamn fuck. What the fucking fuck? <laughs> you know what the small brain strategy is? The small brain is to say, oh, Daniel Ricardo is getting booted out at the end of the season for sucking so much ass. The big brain move is Lando Norris is going to ask for a buyout on his extension. Mm. Let's mm-hmm. set the stage here. McLaren had a pretty good first week of testing. They were top yeah. of the testing sheets. That's why you never put too much stock in the first week of testing. <laughs> and then in the second week, they had brake issues. But, you know, you, you rapid prototypes and new parts, things aren't, things aren't all right. Things are so fucking far from all right. Ladies and gentlemen, friends of the non-binary in the peanut gallery, I have a lap time heat map in front of me and no filter. McLaren were, at best, three seconds a lap off the pace. Ooh. At worst, they were over five. Oh. How do you do that? How do you do that? <laughs> the the MP430 could never. <laughs> How on like you know it's bad, right? And I took a I took, there's a billboard outside my house that had a Ferrari and McLaren racing side by side and with the quote the Sky Sports quote of it's only live once. Um and the remedial yeah, response... live to see the McLarens get lapped once. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what, what the mates on Twitter were all saying. It's like, oh so the McLaren's getting lapped then I see. Um I was like, oh god, that, that <laughs> oh. Wait, really? Yeah, I didn't see like, that. Oh, it, it's a beauty. Um, within seconds, three people had the exact same thought. McL- McLaren's been lapped. Like, yeah, it's, like um, McLaren yeah. have gone, it's like McLaren have gone back to like the 2016 <laughs> laughing stock era. Like, it, is, yeah. it is bad. B-A-D bad. Fi- like, Zach Brown's finally going to learn how to properly pronounce a river dirty this season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. You yeah, know... Um, uh, let me, uh, let, you know, we saw from the first test, like, oh, they don't seem to have any porpoising like everyone else. Well, apparently that's because the car doesn't make any downforce. Yeah. Lando said that post-race. The car's not generating yeah, downforce. Like, they were visibly, I mean, like, you can see that the Mercedes has visible problems. You can see the Aston, like, apparently Aston has eight tenths just sitting in the setup due to porpoising, trying to avoid <laughs> the porpoising. The McLaren, I—they I, might not—they might not make a hundred seven percent if we get to Monaco and the car's still like this. I am not joking. James King, one of the best technical directors in the sport that I've always held in high regard, might not make it to the end of the season if this continues on. Like people were wanting to clown on Ed Straw because he gave Lando a seven on the races. Uh, what was Lando supposed to do? Lando, Lando Norris, in retrospect, getting that car in a Q2 might have been a minor miracle. 
Mm. Um, and this, this this is to say nothing of the Williams. I swear their car is actually making lift now. Um, okay. Alexander Albon put in the shift of his life to merely hold. Like you know, things are bad when you are in the lower midfield and you are visibly holding up other cars through corners. That great yeah. start. Had a great start and just bottlenecked everyone behind him. What a legend. But that, Happy that, that, birthday, that, Alex. I hope I you and George can just take your frustrations out of one another in your F1 video game of choice. Yeah, but that, that that's the thing that strikes me about all of this. Aston Martin were expected to be bad to a degree because they were seventh last year. Williams. No, 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 no. I, I'm going to counter that. They were. Fo- they've been focusing on these regulations for two years. Longer than any other team. And they've produced a dog. But, but they've been completely off the radar, like, ever since. And there is no sign that this team is any better than they were a year and a half ago. And that's the problem. They're worse. Like, yeah, like, Williams, we kind of expected them to be bad because they've we know of their struggles and we knew they took a big dip in driver quality. But, like, McLaren, oh, Lord. Lord have mercy. Um, how do you go from challenging for wins last year to... Being lapped on pace. I That's... picked them to win a race. I picked Oof. them to win multiple. Oh, Lord. What a disappointment. Um, so, before I move on to the next event, I've only got three more words to wrap this pay- to wrap this bit up. Good luck, Colton. Anyway. <laughs> dude, dude Col- Colton. No, no, no. They could, they could enter the McLaren IndyCar. It might actually be faster. And then Paddle will crash it into a, the pit wall. Oh, and, and, and Felix oh Rosenquist's uh, differential snap. Listen, go back and listen to our IndyCar uh, review of Tetsubo's Speedway for more. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks, um, during the middle of uh, a busy Saturday on track, uh, the FIA finally dumped the report on Abu Dhabi 2021. Dre, what'd you make of it? Well, first and foremost, I'm glad the report was released publicly so we could all get a read of it in in its entirety. Um, I wasn't sure whether that was even going to be a thing. They did. So, as you an know, album of JPEGs first, before they yeah, released it as a PDF. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> the JPEG parade, like, as I called it to my brother when it first came out, I was like, oh, okay, this is this is a thing. Never seen a statement written like this before. Uh, this is this is a Twitter. <laughs> um, also, ne- the next step, we were one step above, like, iPhone notes app sort of presentation here. But um, no, like, I'm glad the report came out quick. I mean, I'm glad it was also covered in a lot of detail um, because they, they went into full depth about what exactly happened, how we got to this point. And, um, you know, they interviewed a lot of people. A lot of people gave apparently candid responses to what was going on. I'd love to have read more of these. I'd love to have seen the the quotes in the report, potentially, as to what was being said exactly. But, look, I called this back in February. I went a shout out to everyone that sent me Ask Dre questions on this for the website. I mean... When Mercs withdrew their appeal regarding this championship, they did so on the provision that changes would be made and changes would be coming. And they have certainly happened. And I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that that mission has been accomplished. They, look, the man that was ultimately responsible for the biggest of the F-ups has been moved along. You've rebuilt race control from the, brown, from the ground up. Yeah, Nils Wittich uh, did a mm. did a damp did a fine job because he didn't get in the way of the race. 
No. Yeah. Um, and immediately established what track limits are, which went down well with everybody in the peanut gallery, um, which is always a plus. You know, again, race direct, race directors were, you know, generally speaking, are well received, um, especially in Eduardo's case, I would say. Um, oh. And you know, Herbie Blash's bag, a well respected, a well respected uh, member of the old Charlie Whiting brigade and whatnot. I mean, you realistically couldn't have asked for much more as an outcome. From all of this, we all knew that all, all the intelligent folks knew deep down that this we were not going to get grand revisions to the race and or championship. This was about as good as we were going to get, as, as far as I'm concerned. And I yeah. think from and, that standpoint, it's mission accomplished. Yeah, carry on, King. Yeah, and when when Lewis says that he didn't expect an apology, and and people on social media say, "Oh, the FIA need to apologize." Why? This is the apology. <laughs> yeah. This is it. They wrote seven pages of A4 as to what went wrong, what we did to correct it, and how we make sure this doesn't happen again. What? Do you want them to explicitly you, say You, you want to know why? Why? Because no one cares about the, the review. All they care yeah. about is um, getting back a championship that isn't coming back. Please no. trust me. I know why the craziest and most unhinged of LH44 Ultras feel like their driver was the victim of a grand conspiracy against them. <laughs> I do. But there's a saying that goes, never ascribe to malice which that which is adequately explained by incompetence. Mm. This was more, this was incompetence, yeah. not, yes. not malice. No. And if... Look, if we get to a point somewhere down the road, like 5, 10, 20 years from now, we get a whistleblower and says, oh, yeah, this was actually a grand conspiracy to fuck over Lewis Hamilton uh, for for any number of reasons, you mean, you whether mean, we just... You mean fucking over your most marketable driver? Yeah. yeah. Like, like it was, it, yeah, it was literally in the FIA's literal worst interest to do. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, like when, it's like all the people, and, and don't get me wrong, Dale Earnhardt, card-carrying Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan. Anyone saying that Dale Earnhardt Jr. got sabotaged out of wins in his time in NASCAR, do you realize that that's bad business? Right. <laughs> Let's fumble now, our own bag. I mean... <laughs> like, honestly, they went into the report and, like, kind of going off that and expanding on that, like, it was 100% confidence. Michael Massey opened the door... All the way, like, the week prior in Jeddah, where it's like, oh, it's totally cool and fine to negotiate with race control during a race. Uh, yeah. just do that. I was going to say, he didn't him... just open the can of worms. He fucking smashed the, he smashed the can on the ground and let the worms spill out. No, no he and opened the... the dam full of worms, and the worms just poured out. And honestly, part of me, like, going into Bahrain this week... One moment showed me that no one, well, the FIA learned, but everyone else didn't. Going into the race weekend, Niels Vittich said immediately, out of the gate, four wheels off, you're, you're, you violate track limits. Yep. No ambiguity. No, no ambiguity. No. He also said that if you overtake, if you overtake, uh, you have to give the position back. We won't tell you. When you have to give the position say, back. It's up to you whether you give it back, but it's up to us whether we give you a penalty. Yeah. And then uh, so many people on race control, so many people on social media were like, oh, that's confusing. Why can't they just ask the race director? And then again, 
if you actually right, you open up that door to mm-hmm. get what we get in Abu Dhabi. Once you start being able to bargain and negotiate with race officials, you end up in situations where people want to bargue and negotiate on things they really shouldn't be doing. Like safety. Yeah, it's ultimately like people are people are trying to go the they're trying to go to bat for people who who they're supporting. And at the end of the day, it's you know what race control's job is to do? It's to officiate the goddamn race. Yeah, right. It's the sewer's job to officiate the race. It's race control's job to make make sure that you hit all the points of the race. There are there are lots of instances of social inequity, racial inequity, terrible officiating all throughout motorsports. This was at least a case of the third option. I don't think this is a case of one and two. No, no, yeah. he did not have ulterior motives. No, yeah, it, like, it, it, it's, it's just a, it, it's it's some it's a it's a convenient conspiracy to explain the unexplainable as to why they think Hamilton got screwed when we all know that he didn't, and that's that's the problem I have with all this. There are other more uh, tangible ways that the FIA has tried to get at Lewis Hamilton. There's a reason why the F why they're tightening up the dress code in press conferences. Mm, yeah, I don't. Like I, this, I don't. I can understand it, why you're. Mo- look, if they wanted to hand the title over to Max, they would have had Lewis give up the position when he cut the corner on the first lap. It's yeah, not correct. that deep. Like, and the report, as far as last year, didn't really tell us anything we didn't already know. Yeah. It detailed the changes that we already knew they were making, and nothing really got added that hasn't already been beaten to death a billion times on every form of social media we can get our hands on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably like the one thing that people didn't care about that seemed pretty important was uh, around the time that Michael Massey was made race director at the FIA, they shortened consultancy contracts for the people who make mm. and help implement the rules from three years to one year. And a lot of people at the FIA mentioned that there was a high turnover rate because of this, because you know, uh, it's nice to have a job that you know you can be at, at for more than one year. Uh, yeah, people job security. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so there's high turnover rate, meaning that a lot of the people at the FIA who are supposed to teach Michael Massey and help him implement and enforce the rules also were new at the FIA and didn't really have a full grasp of, of the rules either. Yeah, the, there are deep-lying systemic issues here amongst the FIA that were addressed that, People did not care about. There was literally more care about the choice of words used in the summary of this report rather than systemic issues within the FIA. Social media, people, you all need to do better. people who are complaining about this don't care about the actual change. They just want their driver to get the championship that they thought he deserves. It's, yeah. it's ignorance. It's blind ignorance. Like, read the fucking report. Like, I, I, I can't stress this enough. Like, there are big gaping Swiss cheese-sized holes in how we got to this point. Yeah, that's like, that's ultimately what we wanted is for this to get patched up. I would have been just apoplectic if it if the result had, if the end result had just come down to, well, we got rid of Michael Massey. That's it. We solved <laughs> the problems at officiating. It's time to go back to brunch. Yeah. Like, yeah, like it's like honestly, yeah. the way the the, the presidential address about the whole statements about race control, because they had to lead with that because they were going into testing the way that they led with the changes. It seemed like they didn't need to get rid of Michael Massey. They chose to get rid of Michael Massey yeah. to appease people. 
Yeah, yeah there I, was just too much heat on him to where his position was going to be untenable. And I mm. and I like Michael more than Buzz, but you know that change kind of. I, I understand why they made it. Yeah, Hopefully, I get it. Shit like this doesn't happen again. I get it. Look, my final point before we wrap, wrap this up: if you truly care about Formula One as a sport, as for, and I've said this, I said this in in December, and I will repeat what I said back then, and I'll say it again now. If you truly care about Formula One as a sport and you want it to flourish and you want it to do its best, because let's be honest here, I hear people gassing up how great this sport is in our own little bubble every day on social media. The drive to survive effect, the fact there's new, younger, exciting fans here. The fact that, as we mentioned in the IndyCar episode, this was the most watched race in America that F1's had in 27 years, right? There's a lot of good going on here right now and uh, if you want and you love this sport and you truly care about it and you want it to succeed it's not about the fact that hamilton got screwed it's about no, the fact that someone at the end of the day it got isn't. screwed no because that's the point the people the people who are still up in arms about this aren't f1 fans in fact they actively detest f1 according that's to the, themselves that, and that's, they just want to see lewis where, win and that's where we've all gone wrong. And that's where we've all gone wrong. It's not one man is not above this sport. And if you truly care about it, you'd be more angry at the fact that someone got screwed rather than the fact that Lewis Hamilton got screwed. This will never be the full closure that I know a lot of people would hope would hope for. But you've probably already made your mind up about how you feel about Abu Dhabi by now anyway. To which I say... Hey, that boycott worked a treat, didn't it? Right. I, I yeah, didn't even know there was a boycott. Best viewership, in de- best viewership in decades. What a boycott. Yeah, what a boycott. Well, worked a treat. Most watched great F1 race in America in 27 years. I am Mercedes never coming really, back to the uh, store again until next week. Right. Yeah, Mercedes Spe- really put uh, 30 seconds on the field. Red Bull are really, uh, really lower midfielders, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who, who'd have thought? Right. Formula One will be back this weekend. At Saudi Arabia. Oh, Lord. Probably already back oh, by the time no, you're listening to this. Ugh, my, my God, Saudi Arabia. Good Lord. Um, Fingers crossed we all get back in one piece because that place is uh, wild, to say the least. Hopefully the extensions and whatnot are, are good. You know, an extra three months, hopefully we'll put the place in the right direction. Fingers crossed everybody gets home okay. Yeah, Saudi Arabia. We'll be back next week to talk more Formula One. That'll be the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Places you can find us one more time real quick. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Same on Facebook. Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. Our handles one more time. at Harrison 101 HD. At Ryan Eric King. At RJ O'Connell. And at C Buckley 917. And that website, of course, well, you've got all our social media and our Patreon page, Motorsport101.com. If you want some more thoughts on that FIA report, and the race itself from yours truly. Check out the blog section from me, as well as everything we got this weekend. And that uh, includes Formula One, MotoGP, and IndyCar in Texas as well. So that triple header we just had, I did reviews of the whole thing. Go read it if you haven't already. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. We'll be back next week in Saudi Arabia. Until then, sayonara. Later, y'all. Bye. <laughs> McLaren, what the hell was that? You know what it is? It's it's those Google Chrome wheel covers. They're mm. they're just sucking all the RAM out of the power unit. They're sucking all the RAM out of the the aero coefficiency. Yeah, they got to download some more RAM, right? <laughs> That's how it works. Damn.